This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thank you for taking time once again of your schedule today to listen to what I have to say about user experience, about the discipline that I've been working in now full time for the last 16 years and as a total for the last 25. I designed my first website in 1995. And even way back then, my focus was on making sure that experiences were easy to use. I had no idea what user experience was. I wanted to make sure that the navigation was simple and easy to understand. I wanted to make sure that people could find what they were looking for and complete the tasks that they would seek to do. What were they coming to the site for? Making sure to put myself in the shoes of users and design from that perspective. Did it from the beginning, had no idea what I was doing and the the degree to which I was getting involved, where my career was headed. I had no idea about any of those things, but I'm very thankful for the way that things turned out because I love user experience. If you haven't figured that out already, I love the discipline. I love what it has to offer. I love the contributions that user experience professionals make to the world and the impact that we have. I understand where we fit. I understand what it is that we need to do, what our responsibilities are, and what user experience is all about. We wrapped up a a series last week where we were talking about personal UX maturity and the mirage associated with that and how that some people are trying to grow too fast. They don't understand what user experience is. They don't understand the long haul that you've bought into when you're coming into this, to this discipline. Today, in response to some q and I've been soliciting topics from a lot of my listeners and someone did give me a topic that I think is gonna be a good segue. After I do a series, I actually like to, to focus on something a little bit more, uh, a shorter, a shorter point of focus instead of something else that we're gonna embark in for several weeks. And so I, I actually solicited some ideas from people in the listening audience and someone of uh, VJ, VJ Mohan. Here's a shout out for you, sir. Thank you for your input with this topic today. Today, I'm going to talk about on the piggybacking from what we talked about with personal UX maturity. I want to get into another subject, something that is on the minds of some today when it comes to the discipline, but something that does really again piggyback on what we were talking about in in trying to focus on how to develop our skill and how to hone our craft, how to get better at what we do and taking a realistic look at what user experience is all about in this world where people are, as I like to say, trying to microwave their advancement within the discipline, trying to get somewhere too fast, trying to learn how to do things in in three months or six months or whatever it might be, it's better for us to look at this big picture. Even though you might be a specialist, even though you might 
find more of a, a passion that you have for user experience research. Maybe you're focusing more on the interactive design side of things. Maybe you're just cued in on things like usability. And, and there's a lot of people today that are focusing on product design, which we talked about last week, seems to focus more so on what the business wants to do. And, and in many cases leaves the users out, even though a lot of the job postings appear to be for UX, that's not really what's going on. I don't want to go back down that rabbit hole today. Whatever our focus is in the user experience discipline, if you're doing user experience of a truth, we need to understand some very core values and points of focus. No matter how long you've been doing it, you just got started, you've been doing it for years, whatever it is today, our goal in user experience is to make sure to optimize the user experience, what it is that people are going to to be able to do, making sure they can do it with optimal ease of use, making sure that they can find what they're trying to find, making sure they can perform the tasks that they sought to perform. It's about the users. Is it about the business too? Yes, it is. We're focusing on things from a, from a user perspective. We're focusing on things from a business perspective. And we have to do it within the bounds afforded to us by the constraints associated with the budget, the timing, a lot of different constraints are coming to play there. We are not order takers. We do not just sit back and do what someone asks us to do. We are not here to make things look pretty. That's not our job. That is the last thing that we're concerned about. And most user experience professionals are not very good when it comes to the visual aspect of things, whether folks like that or not, that's not our forte. That's not our, our main point of focus today. The user experience professional is cued in for the most part on advocating for users with, with everything else taken into consideration. So it's not just the, the issue of the business as, as stated, like a lot of product designers are doing today. And I'm saying all these things because I'm trying to lay a foundation for what I want to talk about. And VJ's question was this, or I should say his suggestion was about dark patterns. This is going to be our topic for today. We're going to take a look at dark patterns. What is a dark pattern in short? And someone may be asking, what does it have to do with everything that you just said? Well, I'll make all those things clear. First and foremost, Let's cover what a dark pattern is. A dark pattern is essentially a trick. Have you ever been on a website and you were completing a form? Say you were purchasing a product and as you were completing the purchase, there was a, a line of text with a checkbox and you're thinking that they're trying to add something on to your purchase and you don't really want anything else. And so you're, you're thinking that if you want it, that you're just going to check the box and you're just going to move along. But what if that checkbox said, it actually had text that said, if you don't want, it, it actually goes in the opposite direction. If you don't want the product, leave the box checked. What if it said that? 
<laughs> have you ever seen that? I have. In, in my journeys on the internet, I have seen things like that. Very, very tricky. Very, very underhanded. Basically, a dark pattern is a design that involves some type of interaction, usually has money tied to it, ironically, a lot of times. There are some instances where it does not. But the dark pattern, in many cases, it tries to get you to do something that you don't want to do, or it makes what it is that you're engaging with, it makes it, everything looks, how about this? We're just, (laughs) it's almost hard to define other than just using the word trick. And and I get that that word from the folks over at the UX knowledge base at uxknowledgebase.com. Fantastic resources. It's just a trick. That's the term that they use. And and I have to agree with them. That's a nice, short and simple way to put it. What I'm going to do, how about I just talk about a few dark patterns. I'll probably give you an example or two of some things that I've seen out in the web. Uh, And thank you, Vijay Mohan, again, for this fantastic suggestion. I love this. Um, Let's talk about a few dark patterns. You may have experienced some of them. You may not. And I'll give you some of the names for them. I'm going to give you three dark patterns that I've coined phrases for myself. And that'll give us a nice little overview of dark patterns today. Dark pattern number one is something that's referred to as a roach motel. And if you're already chuckling, uh, it is funny until it happens to you. A roach motel experience is where you get involved in something. It's easy to get started. It's easy to subscribe. It's easy to, it's usually where you see it. There's some type of a, an, uh, an e-commerce exchange. You're signing up for something. Uh, I saw a product recently where sign up for this application where you can create a cartoon based off of your image and you have a three day trial. Now I'm not about to say that these people did a dark pattern just in case you know what I'm talking about. I'm just using it as an example. So say you sign up for, for this little uh, photo to cartoon service. And it says that in three days, uh, your, your trial is over. It's a three day trial. And after that, you're going to be charged X amount of, of money a month for this service. So let's say you sign up for it. Then all of a sudden when you, ah, you know what? I don't think I'm going to keep this. And so you go to unsubscribe. But when you go to unsubscribe, there are all types of hoops you have to jump through all types of problems. You might have to actually reach out to somebody, actually get in touch with someone to cancel the service. And you're not getting a response from anybody. It's just really, really problematic, really easy to get in. Very difficult to get out, hence the moniker Roach Motel. And the old the old saying about Roach Motels is that it's easy to check in, but nobody checks out. <laughs> so people have actually established experiences that make it easy for you to sign up for their services. But then when you try to end your connection or your subscription, very, 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 very difficult. Uh, why would such a thing be difficult? Isn't this in the favor of the business? Yes, it is. This brings to light what I was mentioning early on. User experience professionals, our job is to advocate for users first and foremost, even though we're concerned about the business, contrary to the popular belief of some, 
and we're looking out for constraints. Yes, we are. If you work for a company, before I get into these other examples, I need to say this now. You are a UX professional at a company that is that is implementing dark patterns. It is your responsibility as the user experience professional to push back on the designs that are coming forth. If, if you don't, you're not really advocating for the users, are you? And if you're not advocating for the users, are you really doing UX work? The short answer to that is absolutely not. So again, Roach Motel is the first one. We're going to give you a few more, but please make sure I want you to keep that on your mind as we go through some of these other examples. Example number two, deliberate misdirection, where you you cause the user to, to, you make one part of the experience very, very prominent. But something that the user might be more interested in, you've actually made that. Uh, it's really small. It might be difficult to read. Have you ever seen a uh, a a pop up, a, a modal that comes up, and it asks you if you want to buy or subscribe to the highest level of the service, and everything is easy to see. the The price is easy to see. The check boxes are easy to see. The button that you use to subscribe is easy to see. And you go, well, you know what? I actually really don't. I don't want to sign up for any of this right now. I just I just came to the site to do something else. And so as you go to embrace or, or, or to engage, I should say, you're trying to find something. Is there a cancel button? Well, no, there's no cancel button. Is there a close button? Mm, no, there's, there's no close button. They're just... At least you can't see it. I've seen instances where the close button or the mechanism that you use to end that part of the experience is actually the same color as the background. So people are having difficulty getting out. They're having difficulty ending this part of the experience. It's deliberate misdirection, trying to make it so that people can't end this part of the experience and hoping that some people will just give up and just go ahead and maybe just opt in. Not the right thing to do, and it's not good for your users. Also, it's really bad for your brand because people will eventually pick up on that and they will actually get upset with the brand. So now you're giving them a bad BX or a bad brand experience in light of, of what they came to do. You're not really doing things reflective of their mental models. You're doing something trying to make a buck, but you're making a buck at expense of your reputation. The user experience professional will will help to guide the business to make sure that these types of things are not going to be done. Example number three for today is sneaking something into the basket. That's what the UX knowledge base folks just call it that sneaking things into the basket. This is where you purchase one thing. And then when you get ready to check out, you'll see another item. And you had to check the box to select the item. They've already done it for you. Oh, how nice of them. They've already checked the box for you. If you don't pay attention and you click a button to continue or to check out, you've then you will unintentionally, you will have purchased two or three products instead of one. Then there's another example. And, you know, I'm going to say this now. This is going to be two weeks because there's there's too much to cover here. 
I had an instance recently. I mean, we're in the pandemic, right? And and everybody's buying masks pretty much. When I say everybody, of course, I say that loosely. And I personally, I have 12 different masks that, that I that I have and some I like more than others. But at any rate, I I see this group of masks that I like, a nice little selection. And I give away a lot of masks too. I, I give them away to friends and people that I know. And I see this, this mask that that's really, really interesting among all the ones on this particular page. And I decide I'm going to buy uh, uh, 20, 30, I can't remember the exact quantity, 20, 30 of these masks. So I go to make the purchase. And when I go to make the purchase, they say, you know, if you buy these, buy these now, you will offer you another 150 masks at this really low, low rate. And I'm going, that's not bad. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. They're going to do that. Yeah, I'll take them up on it. Sure thing. So I go ahead and yes, this did actually happen. I go ahead and I opt in for the other 150 masks. The picture of the mask that was that you were going to get the 150 count of led me to believe that it was something I really wanted. I don't like surgical masks. I'm not a surgeon. Why would I need a surgical mask? They they're 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 not meant to protect you from from the coronavirus. They they actually serve a different purpose. I don't want surgical masks. So if I had known that, I wouldn't have bought them, right? Of course, of course not. I finally get a receipt for the order and guess what shows up on my receipt? The picture of the mask that I want. It was a, basically a black can 95 masks that I was getting a quantity 20 to 30 of. Again, I can't remember how many, but it was it was a few. It was a sizable order and I was going to distribute most of them. But next on this page is surgical masks. I don't want 150 surgical masks. But that's what I just bought. They actually showed me, they actually, by misrepresenting the product that I was getting, by putting the wrong picture in, they actually snuck a, a product into the basket that I didn't want to buy. Now, it where everything worked out, I, I reached out to the company and they canceled that part of the order, although they also did end up shipping me far less than what I had paid for with the other product. So we will not share the name of that company, but very bad customer experience. I bought 30 masks. Yeah, it was 30. Yes, I do remember now. It was 30 masks and they only sent me five. Uh, so they, they kept the vast, vast majority of my order. Uh, not a good look for them. And I was certainly upset about it. But here's where the dark patterns come into play. Why are you in selling something to someone as the business, what in the world do you have to gain by using dark patterns? What do you have to gain by showing somebody one product but selling them another one? What what do you have to gain with, with that? Now, if a user experience professional is working on this project, what is important is to talk about the the language that's on the page the imagery that's on the page because you want to make sure that people know what they're actually buying. No tricks, no games, transparency, honesty, 
courtesy. These are the things that need to be extended. When these things do not happen in an experience on a website, users are being exposed to dark patterns. The business will benefit, even though it might only be temporary. In the long run, the business will indeed lose. And if UX is there to help impact the bottom line, we're there for that too. We need to recognize what's going to happen. How are users going to be respond when they realize they've been duped? It's our job as user experience professionals to benefit the business by guarding against such practices. It is our job to eliminate the use of dark patterns in our solutions. That's all the time we have today, folks. We're, we're all out of time. Uh, thanks again, VJ Mohan, for the suggestion. We're going to pick up on this topic next week. So until then, this is your host of the World of UX, Darren Hood. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.